0: Parts of the bodies all over the house. Places you wouldn't think. Of. Things the heads have never been found. Hands and feet and things like that. queens and horror fiends welcome to killing time it's aubrey again and welcome into episode number four to continue this ball rolling i've gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of support so that is awesome i didn't ever think it would be going this well this early i am having so much fun doing this so hopefully you guys listening as well are having a wonderfully bloody disgusting time listening to this and speaking of bloody disgusting i got some news to get into with you guys yeah so the first bit of news is super exciting it's guillermo del toro's new movie has been rated r nightmare alley is del toro's new movie coming out and it's pegged to come out december 3rd 2021 and man not only do we all know del toro is awesome, amazing, and makes great movies. But man, he is surrounded by an all-star cast of very talented actresses and actors. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Kate Blanchett are going to star in Nightmare Alley. But there's also Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, and a lot more. So Nightmare Alley is an adaptation from a novel written by William Lindsay Gresham in 1946. And the synopsis of Nightmare Alley reads... An ambitious young Carney, played by Bradley Cooper, with a talent for manipulating people with a few well chosen words, hooks up with a female psychiatrist, Kate Blanchett, who is even more dangerous than he is. So, yes, yeah, Scream Queens Horror Fiends, going to get an early Christmas present in December. December 3rd, looks like Nightmare Alley will be releasing. News is kind of sad. Well, not kind of, it's very sad. Filmmaker Richard Donner. Uh, passed away earlier this week. He was 91 years old. And if you guys don't know who he is, he was the director of the original Omen from 1976. He didn't exclusively kind of do horror. He did a lot of stuff. He did like the Goonies, Scrooged, Lethal Weapon. So he was very vast. But he also did some Tales from the Crips episodes that were on HBO a long time ago in the early 90s, I believe, is when that show released, took off on hbo but yeah richard donner has passed away at the age of 91 so all my scream queens and horror fiends will miss you and we will all love and enjoy the original 1976 omen so that will wrap up the news and noteworthy things on this episode we are going to jump right into the reviews the first movie we're going to do is false positive it is on hulu right now the movie was directed by john lee He's done several, not horror, but he's done several different things. He's kind of a new and up and coming director. He has a very funny, artsy, aesthetic type of style to his comedy. If you've ever seen the show Broad City, he did a lot of those, which I love Broad City, which also gets us to the transition point of the most interesting reason I watched this movie is because I loved Broad City, the show, and this one... This film stars Alana Glazer, so I was very excited and intrigued to kind of see how she would hold up in this horror movie, which is false positive. And let me read you the synopsis before we get too far. So the synopsis on IMDB reads, as if getting pregnant weren't complicated enough, Lucy sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about her fertility doctor, who is played by Pierce Brosnan, which was another kind of cool reason I wanted to watch this because I mean who doesn't want to see 007 be a, a doctor or a bad guy so I thought that was kind of cool the synopsis itself really didn't dive too much into it but I will so Alana's character's name is Lucy and her and her husband who's played by Justin Thoreau, have been trying really hard to get pregnant and have a child and so they go to this fertility doctor who the doctors played by Pierce Brosnan, like I said earlier, because Lucy's husband was a star pupil underneath him before he decided to move on to cosmetic surgery and start his own practice. So Pierce Brosnan's character and Lucy's husband get into this very exclusive fertility doctor, and Lucy's husband and the doctor are really good friends, and the, the doctor's just smitten with him and is trying to convince him to come back and work for his practice and that type of thing. But other than that, it ends up working. Lucy ends up getting pregnant. But this is where the story kind of takes a really cool, interesting twist and turn. I thought it was really cool. It was actually the first bullet point I put in as one of the things I really liked about this movie. It was the idea of selective reduction. And if you don't know what that is, so pretty much what ended up happening is... Alana does get pregnant, or I should say Lucy, played by Alana, ends up getting pregnant, but there's two separate sacks housing the fetus, and one of the sacks housing the fetus is twin boys, and the other one is a single female, and the doctor is telling Alana, it's between you and your husband, but your body's not strong enough, these fetus are not strong enough to carry all three of these, you're going to have to make a decision on selective reduction of do you want to keep the two boy twins or do you want to keep the girl the doctor also explains to lucy and her husband the girl looks pretty weak we don't even know if she'll make it along so he kind of makes his medical professional choice of it would be smarter to keep the two boys because they both look healthy And I don't know the odds of you getting pregnant again would be. So, yeah, that was super cool and interesting, in my opinion. I had kind of heard of selective reduction, but never in a very descriptive way like this. And that was kind of an interesting thought to me. As a parent, how do you decide that? You know, you're very excited. Oh, we're finally having a child. But then you almost have to choose between getting rid of the two twins or one or the other that that in itself was kind of interesting to see the dynamic between Lucy and her husband trying to decide which one of these sacks inside of me should I have reduced? And should we, you know, pretty much get rid of the two twin boys or have the single girl, but the girl may not make it. Very interesting. It is very, very cool and poignant, I thought, to the story. So Lucy and her husband decide we really want a girl. we It's always been our you know, idea that we want to keep the girl. So they go back to the doctor and do the process of selective reduction to take out the two twin males and are left with their daughter. But they're happy with the choice. It's a tough decision, but they're happy with it because they have very strong communication skills. You know, it's that type of relationship in a movie that just makes you sick because you're like, no couple talks like that. They're too nice and kind to each other. But shortly after the process of selective reduction, this is where the movie kind of starts to take its horror turn. Lucy really doesn't trust the fertility doctor and she's starting to become a little paranoid. And the first half of this movie is excellently paced. It's a, it's a slow burn. It does a very good job of character development and building. And you don't really know where it's going. You don't know if it's just Lucy's paranoia of having to make this tough decision of selective reduction. You don't know if it's a naturally paranoid person, but she's starting to believe something cynical is going on between the doctor and her husband. So, and then about halfway through the movie, Lucy really starts looking into a holistic like midwife type of thing instead of a fertility clinic where it's very medical, very modern and that type of thing, which was another aspect I really liked. It kind of showed the dichotomy between like old holistic medicine and modern Western medicine, which is always kind of an interesting dynamic to me, and especially when it comes to pregnancy and that type of thing. So I thought that was really cool, the duality between those two. But this is where the movie, to me, kind of started to stumble. After about a little more than the halfway point, this movie, to me, becomes very rushed. It's it's very rushed. Uh, we've always talked about pace on this podcast, and the second half is way too rushed. Like The climax and everything is so anticlimactic and quick. The twist really isn't that grandiose and... The second half, in my opinion, just plays way too much on the, oh, she's just crazy. And there's just so many times where I I don't want to call it lazy writing, but it just kind of feels that way. If there's kind of a conflict in the story in the second half, they literally just write it out as, oh, she's crazy. Like there's one instance where she's you think Lucy's just trying to figure out more evidence like of the doctor and her husband colluding against her decision to keep – the female baby and so she goes to the office and brings him lunch and after she's all done the husband's like well you've already brought me lunch and holds this bag up it's it just kind of feels a little lazy because if there's anything that's kind of convoluted or if there's something that doesn't really make sense towards the narrative they just like skew it randomly to oh, she's crazy she's been doing this type of stuff which really only comes in, in the last like fourth of the movie so it's just it feels a little rushed and lazy the first half of the movie excellently paced really enjoyed it slow burn of a paranoia second half just there's no burn anymore it's all engulfed and it's just a little crazy and more fever dream ish but i won't give too much away on the movie because i do think people should go watch this movie i'll get into what i rate it at the end of this but the last thing i want to touch on with this movie is how impressed i was with alana Man, she kind of played the kooky, quirky one on Broad City, so I didn't know how she would translate to this. But, man, she did a really good job. I was super impressed. The absolute complete opposite of Chris Rock from Spiral. She was very grounded and very good. Very believable performance. And I was very pleased with Alana's performance in this movie. It did a really good job, especially to what I was speaking to on the first half of the pacing and everything. She just did a very good job of subtly kind of growing this paranoia in herself and in the audience. So very much a home run, in my opinion, when it comes to debut acting in a horror thriller for Alana. I'm not going to spend too much more time on this movie. I feel I've dived into it pretty pretty deeply. And I would give this movie two and a half severed heads out of five. I think the first half of the movie is very good. I think a lot of the ideas and everything, the selective reduction type of thing is a cool little niche. I've never seen in movies and kind of added a very interesting element to this movie, but the second half, it just kind of falls apart in my opinion. So Maybe the second half speaks to more different types of people. If you had any inkling to watch this movie, watch it. You, there is definitely going to be a niche type of person that loves everything about this movie. It's almost kind of a modern day Rosemary's baby. Uh, So it's very good. If you're a fan of Alana, watch it because it's amazing to see how good she did in this movie, especially for it being a more serious, dramatic role, you know, a horror movie. So definitely, definitely check out False Positive. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. I think it's good. Two and a half severed heads out of five. Second movie we are going to review is The Empty Man. I hadn't really heard of this movie, but it's a big time production and everything like that. I think it was just one of those pandemic casualties, unfortunately, or fortunately for us, because it really probably wouldn't have done good in theaters. I don't think they were going to market this movie correctly. If you watch the trailer, it really doesn't even seem like the same movie. So the first thing I'll say about this movie before I kind of get into it, it is a longer movie for what it's kind of going for. It's two hours and 17 minutes. It's almost a closer thing to a thriller that ends up turning into a horror movie, but it. it it is very long, but if you just give it its shot and its chance and kind of push through, lack of a better term, the fluff of the first 30, 40 minutes of this movie, it, it's a very original film and you know kind of caught me off guard of how good it was. But I'll get into the synopsis of The Empty Man. It reads, On the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. So, yeah, a little more descriptive on that. Our main character is an ex-police officer. He just owns a little shop. And just a little side side note, this whole movie pretty much is set in Missouri. Shout out, Missouri. That's actually where I live, people. I live in Missouri. So that was kind of cool. We don't get any love in this state. but So that was kind of cool for me to see. He owns a little shop in Missouri and his neighbor's teenage daughter ends up going missing in a very suspicious type of way. So yeah, the first half of this movie is very much, it almost feels like a David Fincher movie. One, the way it's filmed, it's got all these dark blue tones to it. So it kind of plays up as a cop trying to find this missing girl and it's very stylish and very cool. And then it slowly descends into madness, people. As soon I, – I feel a lot of people kind of turn this movie off in the middle of it because they're like, this is just a cop thriller drama. Oh, we got to find the missing girl. I've heard this story before. Stick in there because that's what they want you to think. It is not that. Towards the back half of this movie, it turns pretty insane. It's really cool. The mythology of the Empty Man that they build, they take their time to build, like I said, that mythology and his origin and that type of thing. Kind of a turnoff for some people because it almost feels like fluff. But man, I don't think so. I really enjoyed this movie. I know it's a little longer, but stick in there because it's a fun roller coaster. And at the second half of this movie, it really starts to get crazy and cool. So, yeah, the first half of the movie almost plays out like David Fincher's film seven which if you haven't seen that go check it out it's not really a horror movie but i digress it's very good it almost plays out like that and then it kind of just takes a sharp right angle out of nowhere and it turns closer to the wicker man where it's almost like cult-like stuff it's really good people you gotta check out the empty man if anything like i said if i do have one little complaint the second half is a little crazier And it does get a little convoluted if you're not paying very, very close attention. But the payoff at the end is very good. The ending is phenomenal. Uh, You got to check out The Empty Man. So I don't want to give too much away, but it is a longer movie, people. Again, two hours and 17 minutes. So you really got to let it do its thing. I know when you're kind of watching it, you're just like, oh, this is going to be one of those artsy, bad movies that I'm not enjoying. It's not. It's a very good movie. I am going to give Empty Man three and a half severed heads out of five. So yeah, I think it's well above average. It's a very good movie. Gotta check it out. I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those films that in five or ten years really has a cult following. So yeah, check out The Empty Man. The third movie we are going to do is from 2019. It's probably one a lot of you haven't heard of. It's called Seder. But let me read you the synopsis secluded in a desolate forest, a broken family is observed by Seder, a supernatural entity who is attempting to claim the family. I actually came across the trailer and was really intrigued by it. Go watch the trailer for Seder, It's really cool. I will kind of say this after you watch the trailer and then you watch the movie, you're a little disappointed because the trailer is looks like a really dark brooding aesthetic and that type of thing and then you kind of get into the movie i understand it's a very low budget movie what they did with the budget and everything it, it was pretty good as far as that goes They they did the most they probably could with what they had but i, I just my biggest complaints about this movie is It's very slow it's an hour and 24 minutes and i don't see how it's that long it's very slow again when we talk about pacing for a horror movie it's just you're waiting for it to kind of ratchet up and it never does it's just very slow it gets kind of hard to follow because it jumps in from like real time right now and then just randomly one the aspect ratio of how it's filmed and everything will jump to a four three black and white and they don't tell you or kind of explain it at all, but I guess they're supposed to be like flashbacks or home movies from back in the day. It, it it's very distracting; it makes it kind of hard to follow in that type of thing. I get what they were trying to do, but the movie's very dependent on atmosphere. There's a couple things I did like, like there's these really creepy vo- voice recordings of I believe it's their grandmother talking about Seder himself. That was something I thought was kind of cool and creepy for again for being a very low budget movie it was it was pretty good and they really did attempt to try to make a mood it's just a very artsy low budget horror movie that if you're really into like atmosphere and that type of thing or just kind of a middle of the line burn where it never gets too high and never too low you'll probably enjoy it but again my thing i think this would have been a better short I think it has a good original story, but I think trying to stretch it out to an hour and 24 minutes, it really didn't do it justice because it just started to get very stale and bland in the middle because once the mythology of satyrs kind of put out there, it really does a at best slow jog to the, maybe you could call it climax at the end of the movie. I don't even know if I would go that far to call it a climax. It's just a very singular paced Film with some good stuff in it. But if you are into very low budget film festival, artsy, dark, brooding aesthetics, you will enjoy this film. And I don't think it's horrible by any means. I think it's very good. They did what they could with the budget and everything like that. I just, if I could give one constructive criticism, it would have been I probably would have started with the short because I don't think this story and how far they have developed it really fits a feature film very well. So I am going to give Seder two out of five severed heads. It's a little underwhelming is what I would put it as. There are going to be people that love this movie. It's right up their alley. It's very dark and brooding and atmosphere is a big key in this movie. It just really wasn't for me. I thought it was a little too dry and bland, usually with, atmosphere driven movies like this to me you have to have one or two really memorable scenes in it and this just doesn't really have it but Seder, 2 out of 5 severed heads well screen queens and horror fiends that's going to do it for this review episode i will say hey uh, <laughs> thank you for sticking around i know my first review episode was kind of harsh i i agree i wanted to bring some movies to you guys that i enjoyed Maybe some I didn't really love besides The Empty Man. But other than that, thanks for sticking around and stay scary.